Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Thanks for checking in to another episode of Play by Players. Today we are joined by uh, one of the young, energetic left backs in MLS. Uh, he's a former teammate of mine. He's a guy that's uh, beloved in, in any locker room that he's ever been in. He's uh, a ball of energy in a good way. Please welcome to the podcast, Mikey Ambrose. Thank you, Bobby, and it's uh, good being here, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, how you uh, how you liking – I know you're back in uh, Florida for the second time. How you – how you like in uh, South Florida a little little differently than, uh, than than Central Florida, isn't it? Yeah, no, uh, South Florida is definitely different. Miami's been awesome. Um, obviously, the beaches are all nice. The city's fun. All the good food everywhere is fun. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun this year for sure. All right. Well, uh, well, Mikey and I share a bunch of connections, uh, not just as soccer players, but actually. Um, you know, I was born in Texas, and that's where uh, that's where Mikey's journey began. Uh, he's an El Paso native, uh, which I like to give him uh, a hard time about because I'm an Austonian, um, even though I didn't grow up or, or really live there ever. Uh, <laughs> was born there, but uh, Mikey, tell me a little bit about uh, growing up with uh, being the being a young youngster in a family with a lot of uh, siblings in El Paso. Yeah, no, I grew up in El Paso. Um... Very different kind of city than what anybody else is used to. Uh, it's right on the border. Like you can literally see Juarez, Mexico from like my backyard. Um, so that was interesting. So the, the Mexican culture was very heavy there. As you know, I love my tacos. I love my enchiladas. I love to salsa dance, you know. Um, but yeah, growing up there was 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 different, but I loved it. Um, it, it built who I am today and it, it built me. And I'm, I'm very grateful for where I came from. And uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun living in El Paso. And, and I always have a good time going back and visiting and talking to coaches and old friends from there. So, and so would yeah. you would you consider it kind of a, you know, tell me about the soccer there. I mean, I, I would imagine if uh, there's probably more Liga MX fans there than there are MLS fans. Yeah. So I grew up not even knowing really the MLS at all. I grew up watching the Mexican League totally. So I, I was a huge Chivas fan and I didn't really even know about American soccer growing up in El Paso because that's all, that's all we watched. All the teams were called Mexican teams, you know, Chivas, America, uh, all those Cruz Azul. All what, those. what team, what was your youth team? Well, mine was, mine was Texas fire is what we were called. <laughs> we were... All of them except yours. Except, except my team. Yeah. Uh, okay. but, uh, no, it was fun growing up there. The soccer there is amazing. Um, it's produced a lot of pros now at the time it was hard to get out of there because there wasn't a lot of connections but since a few of us started leaving then coaches started going down there and finding the talent and as you can see with fc dallas there's a lot of uh players from el paso that they picked up and uh yeah it's it's it just it just breeds soccer players now okay well before we get to your time with fc dallas um let's talk about big life decision i think every every kid that wanted to play soccer always kind of had dreams of either going to Europe or going and playing full-time soccer um, somewhere. And you uh, were actually thrown into that, 
that uh, with the IMG experience, you know, I, I, I said that you were in Orlando and now Miami, you were actually in Bradenton before, uh, before all of that. Tell me a little bit about uh, what went into you being a youth uh, and going out on your own, basically, and pursuing this dream. Yeah, no, that was, it, it was a pretty, pretty crazy childhood. Um, like I said, grew up in El Paso, didn't know much about American soccer or, or residency or the national team or any of that stuff. And I was just traveling to play as many tournaments as I could to maybe go to college or something. I didn't know yet, but then I got a call about residency <clears throat> and I was 14 years old at the time. And I told my mom about it and she was like, no chance you're leaving the house at 14. You know? <laughs> I'm not letting you move on your own at 14, but thankfully she, uh, she trusted it, trusted the process. And I was like, mom, you really don't have a choice. I'm sorry, but I'm going. And, uh, it ended up being the best decision of my life. Went to residency, stayed there for a couple of years. And then after that, it just changed and soccer became the main focus of my life after that. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, a lot older than you. Um, and that, that residency program uh, spit out a lot of guys. A lot of them weren't fully functional adults. Um, you know, I think you, you are much more, uh, much more mature and, and functional, you know. That's nice what, of you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> you don't want to know who I'm comparing you against, but, uh, but, but those programs are tough, right? Cause you go and you have, you know, you have no family, you're with a bunch of people that are all there for, uh, it's kind of the same thing, right? Tennis or, or soccer, or golf, or now they're doing, now there's even more. I'm not sure what was there when you were there, but, uh, just talk to me, uh, uh the mindset of, of being around a group of people that are really all on their own from all over the, not just the country, but all over the world. Yeah, no, it's it's 40 kids that are 14, 15 years old. <clears throat> they get brought into this academy, never lived on their own, never did their own laundry or cooked their own food or anything, and put us together, 40, 15, 14-year-olds in a in a basically at a dorm, you know. And yeah, it was the first six months was super hard. You know, you miss your family, you miss like homecomings or all the fun stuff you usually do as a kid. But just the level of soccer there was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I learned so much there, grew so much as a, as a person and as a soccer player. And, uh, yeah, it, it really sped up my growth as, a, as an adult. So it was, it was – I wouldn't say it was the most fun all the time. Uh, we tried to make it fun by doing dumb stuff that 14-, 15-year-olds do. Um, but, yeah, I, I grew there, and uh, it, it created a – path to become a pro so yeah well i i think we saw uh in atlanta together that even 35 year old men still come up with dumb stuff to entertain yourselves so um that's, that seems to never we had we had quite to, a few of those <laughs> that seems to never go away um was was fc dallas i mean how did fc dallas become uh where did they come in this process uh, how long were you at residency um before you ended up in in the fc dallas program yeah so i was at residency for two years and then afterwards, um, Wilmer Cabrera was the coach. And I asked him, I was like, what do, what do I do now? Like, do I go back to El Paso and then finish two years of high school playing club soccer there? We didn't have academy there at the time. And then I, I was like, I don't know what to do next because I wasn't old enough to go to college. Um, I wasn't getting like pro offers or anything yet. So I asked him and he said uh, one of his best friends was Oscar Pareja in Dallas. He was like, I'll give him a call, go play there, go live there and, and 
develop for another two years and then see what happens after that. So I called him. I went there, got an apartment there on my own, finished high school there on my own in an apartment. Yeah, that was, that was fun. At 16? At 16. Yep. (laughs) Didn't even have my license yet when I first went there. (laughs) I had to figure that out. And the, yeah, finished uh, with the Academy at FC Dallas. And that was awesome. We won a championship. Um, Got to train with the pro team quite a bit and then uh, went to college after that. So, okay. (laughs) And then you were, you were with the the youth national teams, not just in the residency, but kind of throughout, uh, throughout that process as well. And you went, you went to the milk cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was with the 17s of residency, then the 18s and then the 20s for a little while. And then uh, after that, and I think I always bring up the Milk Cup because I think it's the worst name for a tournament I've ever heard. Um, oh, but t- sure. t- t- tell people that don't know what the Milk Cup is, what the Milk Cup is. Yeah. So the Milk Cup uh, has nothing to do with milk whatsoever. It is a uh, it is a tournament in Ireland. And basically about six countries go there to play each other in a little friendly tournament. And uh, yeah, it was it, it was a blast. I got to I'm Irish. so I was excited to see Ireland for the first time. And I got to experience that culture a little bit. There was actually a crazy Irish wedding going on at our hotel during the, during the tournament. And that I snuck into that one and that was a lot of fun. So, but uh, yeah, no, it was a great trip. We all had a blast. We did pretty well. Um, yeah. So it was a, it was a fun trip. All right. Well, so you're a pretty highly touted, uh, you know, recruit coming out of uh, coming out of high school, even though, you know, you were in the academies and at IMG. Um, you know, what, what, what stuck out for Maryland? Why, why Maryland of all, you know, of all the places you could have gone? Yeah. So I, I had thankfully because of residency and academy and youth, uh, national teams, I had a lot of friends that were at different colleges that were older than me. So I picked five top five schools and I wanted to use my visits and go visit all of them (laughs) just to visit my friends. And that was my plan. And Maryland was my first trip that I went on. And I had quite a few friends there. We had a blast. I loved the school. I loved the culture. I loved the the history of the program. And that's all it took was one trip. And I was like, I'm coming here. I didn't even take my other four trips. All my friends were pissed around the around the country. But did they did they take you to Bentley's on your first your first night there? Definitely went to Bentley's. Yes. And then for those that <laughs> for those that aren't familiar with, uh, so University of Maryland is just an absolute powerhouse soccer program. It's produced so many players and. I think every player in MLS has played with a handful of Maryland players. And, uh, at, you know, my first year out of in DC, we went up to, uh, college park, man. And, and we went to Bentley's and it was probably the crappiest bar I've ever been in at, at any phase of my life. Um, but it's a big athlete bar and, uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. So, uh, I don't want to go too deep into the Bentley's, uh, stories, but I think it's great that you went there on your recruiting visit. Yeah, no, we, well, I saw a game in the game. The the fans there are just the best fans in college soccer by far. And the atmosphere there is actually better than a lot of pro clubs. Um, and we won that game. It was a such a fun experience to watch the game, meet the guys, go on the field and everything. And then uh, obviously the, the dorms are all cool and everything. And we ended the night at Bentley's, you know, that hole in the wall place. And uh, yeah, we had some fun. And uh, I was convinced to, to go to, to Maryland. <laughs> All right. So you were at Maryland for, for three seasons. Um, 
you know, y'all went to, I think the national finals year last year, was that? My second to last year. Second to last year and lost to Notre Dame. Is that, is that Notre right? Notre Dame in the final. Yeah. That one well, you hurt. had, you had, what's that? That one, that one hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, finals, I, I've got some experience losing in finals. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not fun. Uh, but y'all were good. Y'all were a successful team. Um, you know, played with a, a ton of guys that, that go on to become professionals. We'll get into one of those relationships later. Um, but you did something that's pretty unheard of, uh, you know, and I think that's kind of the story of, of Mikey Ambrose uh, talking about sneaking into a wedding uh, during the Milk Cup, going to uh, IMG and living on your own, going to Dallas, living on your own. Uh, talk to me about leaving college early. Yeah, so that was very weird. And uh, I had a, I gave a lot of thought into it. Um, so after my junior year, my third season, uh, a team that I played with in the summer in PDL, Austin Aztecs, they were a USL team. And the coach, Paul uh, Daglish, is a good friend of mine. And he called me up and he said, uh, hey, I want to sign you. I'll come out of college early and come play a year or two in the USL and then move on to the MLS. And I thought about it a lot because I was still homegrown to Dallas. And uh, they ended up offering me a homegrown uh, offer. And uh, not officially, but the, the coach called me. And then uh, I had to decide there. And I had a lot of friends that were homegrown at Dallas. And it was just a lot of competition between like friends. And I had guys in my same position. And I just wanted to go out and do my own thing. So I said, I'm going to go to Austin for a year and then I'm going to go to a different team and just start my own path. And that's kind of how my career has been, just my own path. So it's been it's been interesting, but I've loved it. I have no regrets. Um, I had a blast in Orlando, then I had a blast in Atlanta and now Miami. So I'm. Well, you're yeah. getting you're getting ahead of it. Hold on. Before we say that, I don't even know if you know this, but your first game for the Austin Aztecs and it was a preseason game was against a DC United team that I was on. <laughs> I and, remember that. I remember and that. Miguel Aguilar scored an absolute bomb. Uh, he dribbled in on, I think he might, you might've been on the left. He cut inside. It wasn't you, but he, I mean, he hit it like an absolute bomb in the corner. And, uh, but I just remember we went to Austin and we played in this tournament. And the reason I bring that up is uh, I say the milk cup is a stupid name for a tournament. But that Austin, that Austin <laughs> tournament, it was a preseason tournament. They gave you an armadillo trophy if you yep. want it. Yep. And it's it's the greatest trophy of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's the dumbest thing <laughs> for a preseason tournament. But but I just remember I was looking through this stuff and uh, you're you're fortunately uh, young enough that every game you've probably ever played in is on the Internet now. Uh, yeah, yeah. so I was able to go see that and I was like, I was on that team. Um, so that was the first game and Paul Daglish used to live in the same building as me and D and Houston. Nice. Um, so I'm familiar with him. Are you friends with him now still in Miami? Cause he's yeah, down there too, right? Yeah, we're still friends. We talk, we talk every, every so often. He's a, he's a good guy. <clears throat> yeah. He's an interesting guy. Uh, very good guys. Interesting, interesting very good guy. A lot of, a lot of character, a lot of personality, well, a lot that. of banter, a lot, a lot of banter. That's a good word for it. All right. Well, uh, well, let's talk about, you know, you, you play your, you play there at Austin um, as if it can't get any weirder. Uh, you get traded. Is that the right word? Traded to Orlando. Um, so, so the Austin team folded after the first year. Yep. And then my, so I had a three-year contract and that contract got voided because the team folded. And then Orlando 
Uh, Dallas had your rights though, right? Dallas had my rights. So <laughs> Orlando, I don't know how they still had my rights, but they did. And Orlando had to give them like a draft pick or something. And then I ended up going to Orlando after that. Okay. So let's talk about Orlando. You go into Orlando. Is this, uh, it's not Orlando, the first team at this point, the it's Orlando B at this time. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I went to preseason with the first team. Um, I trained with them and I played a half a season with the second team, played some, all those games. Uh, with is that an Adri Adrian's the coach at that point? Adrian was the first team coach and Aunt Pulis was the second team. Pulis. coach. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I played that half um, with the Orlando city B and then second half of the season jumped to the first team. So your first three coaches were all British. Yes. Very British. <laughs> that's which we're going to get. That's important because we're about to take, it's about to get very different uh, as you move <laughs> on, but talk to me a little bit about um, your time in Orlando, mainly, uh, your first, you know, playing with the 2016 season, um, which I think you were number 45. Is that, is that 45? I've always why? had some great numbers. Why 45? Um, so the B team had to pick the high numbers and, uh, I liked four and I liked five. So I just combined them. I don't know. There you, there you go. go. Right FIU there. college. <laughs> I'm wearing this FIU shirt for those uh, that, that can't see. Because uh, yeah. of my my college days, and Mikey's now down in Miami, so that's my my uh, my throwback. Great jersey. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, the other thing that's important about Orlando is Paul McDonough's there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and this is a reoccurring theme because um, he goes to Atlanta. You go with him to Atlanta, then he's now in Miami, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and he goes out and gets you. And what what's your uh, you know, we joke around and say, you know, how much money are you slipping him to bring you to all these places? But um, what's uh, what's your relationship with Paul? And, and, you know, obviously he has a very high opinion of you to keep uh, keep going out and bringing you wherever he goes. Yeah, no, Paul, Paul's a great guy. And uh, we've been we've been uh, friends for a long time. Um, he he liked me from Austin and he brought me to Orlando Um he liked what I did in Orlando. So he's just been taking me around. Um, but he was also uh, my agent Spencer's like old boss kind of. So they have a really good relationship. So that's how he first saw me in Austin was because of my agent. And then after that, he's just thankfully given me opportunities everywhere we've gone. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm very grateful. <clears throat> And that's Spencer Wadsworth, uh, former MLS player, played New England, went to Duke, uh, big time agent now. Um, you know, he's a he, he's a guy I might actually try to get on the on this podcast. He'd be an interesting uh, interesting sure. interview for sure. He's had, he's had a great great life. Well, let's 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 fast forward to this jersey right here. Um, let's talk about let's talk about. Tell me about going to uh, Atlanta when you found out. Um, were you excited? Were you indifferent? Um, tell me about it. Yeah, so I didn't really know what the expansion draft was at at, at the time when I was in Orlando. And uh, I finished that season in Orlando playing pretty well. And uh, I met with the coaches after. And it was Jason Kreis at the time because he took over. And then Jason basically told me, you've done really well. Um, we're looking forward to you playing a big part next year. So go get fit, come back, and the spot's yours when you when you come back if, it, if you take it and everything. So I thought I was staying in Orlando for a long time. And then 
um, we were actually at the union meetings in, in Vegas when, when the, and different people were walking out of the meetings because they found out yeah. a text or something that they got picked. So then the expansion draft happened one night and I got a call in the morning from Carlos and I was like, Hey, I said, hello, good morning. Hey, it's Carlos Bocanegra. Like, Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I just took you in the expansion draft. And I, that was the first time me hearing about it. So pretty uh, surprised, but very excited. Um, I knew Atlanta had huge plans. I knew it was going to be a huge club. So I was, I was very excited and, uh, yeah, and then uh, we took the trip there. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, – I mean, I'm I'm not shy at all about uh, my experience there, and, and I'm very fond of – I think the club was – you know, that was the first time I'd seen a, a club kind of doing the things they were doing, you know, off the field, you yeah. know, and, and on the field with the stadium, Mercedes-Benz. Um, I wasn't there for Bobby Dodd other than uh, when I played there and uh, always won. Um, but the – the thing that I'm most fascinated with was Tata, um, just the whole experience. You know, I talked to Michael Parker all the time about uh, getting integrated there. And, um, you know, just tell me a little bit about going from, uh, you know, where you had been, the coaches you'd played for to Tata. Yeah, no. So when I got the call to go to Atlanta, I was, I was, uh, I was curious how it was going to be because I knew they had big ownership they had a big plans and everything, but the city of Atlanta before the team wasn't known for soccer, really. It was an American football city or a baseball city, you know? And I was like, how is soccer going to work out in the South there? But when we got there in that first game at Bobby Dodd, it was unbelievable. It, that atmosphere there was the best atmosphere I've ever seen for an American soccer game. And it was it was incredible. The, the stands would come so close to the field and the way that the sound just reflected, it was so loud. You couldn't even, you couldn't even hear yourself talk really. It was crazy. Um, and then going into Mercedes Benz, the, one of the nicest stadiums in the world, that was amazing. But yeah, the, the best thing about Atlanta was, was, was Tata. I mean, he's, as you, as you know, and have, 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 have heard, he's just, just like a, he's like a magician when it comes to soccer. He just, he can read the game so well. Tactically, he's a genius and he just knows, he knows what the other team is going to do and he knows how to counteract that in like a great way. So, and it's crazy that everything he said before the game would end up being exactly how it happened during the game. He, he would say, we're going to score a goal like this and we scored a goal exactly like that. Or we're going to stop them like this. We stopped them exactly like that. And a lot of coaches plan for things, but the game shifts and who knows what happens, but some, for some reason, everything he said would be the reason that it happened. It was, it was crazy, but I've had, I've had great coaches in my career. Um, I, I loved Adrian. I loved Jason. I loved um, Tata, um, Frank, and then Diego. So I've been fortunate enough to have some great coaches. So I loved all of them um, for different reasons, but Tata was just that tactician. His mind was unlike any of I've seen. Yeah, no, he's special. And, and, you know, I came in, I came in late and uh, I was kind of on looking at uh, from the outside in and um, you know, that's tough. I, and I know guys, I always say there's only really uh, 10 happy guys on the field. Uh, everyone else is, is not happy because they're trying to get in there. And uh, you know, 
especially the, the the group of guys that you hung out with weren't particularly fans um, necessarily of him. But I thought, you know, you always had a good work ethic. And, you know, I thought the interesting thing that he said about you uh, was I, I love that he called you a Boy Scout. Uh, you know, one, just because, you know, you're kind of a, a young guy and, and a, a, a boy growing up, you know, yeah. in front of our eyes. But, um, you know, he said you were always prepared and he knew he knew what he was going to get when, you know, when he put you out there, you were prepared to go in and, and do whatever was asked for you. And, um, you know, I thought that was a really big compliment for a, for a coach to give a guy. Yeah, no, I, I appreciated it. Um, me and Tata always had a good relationship. Uh the first couple, the first year, I didn't, I didn't play so much. But after that, he gave me his his chances, and uh, yeah, no, one of the, one of the positive or one of my biggest strengths of my game is that I don't care how it's going for me in terms of playing time or no playing time. I'm always gonna be ready. I'm always gonna work my butt off every day in practice. I'm always gonna do whatever the team needs in order to succeed. So, yeah, that's how my mentality has been my whole life, and I give that to every team I'm on. So, yeah, Tata, he he knew that and he respected that. So, yeah, the, the Boy Scout term in, in our culture isn't the same as in their culture. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, man? It, don't, don't, don't crap on the Boy Scouts, man. It's no, a good thing. I, I love Boy Scouts, but I definitely got I got some some crap for that after I was called a Boy Scout from – from, oh, you, yeah. from you well, know who in our locker room. Yeah, I mean, you, you're all about the banter, so you got to be willing to take it when uh, someone someone lobs an easy one up there for you. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. Um, you, you kind of – you hinted at something that I want to talk a little bit about. You talked about not playing a lot um, early on, and, you know, we've already said that you went to the Austin Aztecs. I know in uh, in Atlanta, you, you, before Atlanta 2 came around, you did uh, spend a little time going to Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a fabulous city. I'm not sure if you got to experience the city, but uh, I know you went there to play. And then you also spent some time with Atlanta too. Mm-hmm. Um, actually scored some goals, free kick specialists we got on the podcast today. But talk to me a little bit about the, the mindset. I, you know, a lot of MLS players that I played with, they always hated going, uh, you know, it's not even really going down. It's just, it's going to get games somewhere else. Um, but you didn't seem to, you know, have an issue with it or, or, or did you maybe later, uh, as you, as you got more experience, um, but talk to me a little bit about playing in, in USL and, and moving from first team to, you know, second team and, and back and forth. Yeah, no, I mean, just like all players, we love to compete. We love to play games. We love to feel that, that fight of playing a real game. So I love training and everything. Um, training is great to prepare for games, but when you can't actually get into those games, you're just missing something. And I, I don't mind going and playing those games because it gives me that chance to fight, to compete, to, you know, play a real game. And yeah, you're right. A lot of guys don't like doing that because their ego gets hurt a little bit, but I'm grateful every day to be a pro. And you know that, you know how I am. I, I know where I came from and I know that I'm blessed to, be able to kick a ball around and get paid to do it. So I, I, I don't mind going and playing second team games and I enjoyed it. And I actually got to take the free kicks there. Couldn't take them on the first team. So I could take them on the second team. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you're looked up on the second team. So I I didn't mind going into that situation and just having fun playing some games. 
trying to compete and help those young guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any negative to it, but a lot of guys do. And, and I think they can adjust that mentality a little bit going forward because it, it does nothing but help you play in those games. Um, but yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. to go, to go to your Charleston thing. Yeah. I, I, that was, those were interesting trips because it was fly out the day of the game, play the game, fly back that night. So those were, those were some interesting trips. Um, yeah. That's it. That's what some people don't realize, you know, and they, they think guys are prima donnas and, um, you know, so it's not, it's not, a lot of times it's not glamorous, man. It's, it's, no, uh, it's you, you go there to work and, um, especially the way the game's going now, you know, you, you leave right after a game in a lot of places and, uh, you never leave your hotel room. They control everything. Uh, it's not, it's not a vacation. It's, it's work. Um, yep, but, yep. you know, I, I understand being on the other side of it now that it's, it's, it's not really work. Um, <laughs> but, but you're still in it. So, uh, yeah. you know, we talk about, you, you do get some games, uh, you had some injury stuff. I don't really want to go too much into injuries, but, um, you know, let's talk about some success in Atlanta. You know, you, you, you want an open cup, uh, you want an MLS cup, you want a Campiones cup. You like that? Oh yeah. Nice. I mean, I'm, well I'm working on my Spanish. Great um, pronunciation right there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about what it was like to, to be a part of, uh, of some successful teams there and to win some, some hardware. Yeah. The, the open cup was fun. Campiones Cup was it was fun. It was it was more like it was just like a I don't know, it felt good winning that that trophy, but MLS Cup was something different. That's 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 a feeling that that's one of the best feelings ever in, in my life. Um when we won that trophy and got to celebrate on the field with all of our teammates and families and and then that amazing week we had after with the parade and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now that whole week and that moment was, that was something I'll never forget for sure. And I mean, are, do you look down upon uh, some of your teammates taking that trophy somewhere they shouldn't have, or, or are you okay with them doing that? Uh, I'm not going to say I was there or wasn't there, but uh, <laughs> hey, would a you when you win you, a cup, when you win a cup, you can do whatever you want with it. You earned it. That's right. You earned it. I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me a little bit about how uh, how your time came to end in in uh, Atlanta, and you know how you end up becoming expansion, Mikey, uh, uh, again. Um, yeah. So uh, my third year with with Frank started out well. Got a couple injuries, um, and then at the very end, I finished well. Played in a playoff game or, or two. Um, and then, yeah, they just, uh, we just, they decided that we're going to go in a different direction. I thought it was time to move on as well. Um, three years at a, at a specific club, I think is a good amount of time. Um, so after those three years, I was, I was ready to move on and got the Miami call. So another, um, another goal to, to try to go win something and, uh, in a cool city. So I was, I was excited. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, I, I think the big word there, um, you know, just from stuff I've seen with you, stuff I've seen with some of your teammates uh, is family and, and just talk about the, the culture that that we've got going on uh, down in South Florida. Yeah. So the club, their whole uh, foundation is on family. Um, it's a very Hispanic culture down there, as everybody knows. Um, so family is huge. Family is important. Um, 
So yeah, they, they tried to make it like a family there and they try to welcome you, try to, try to make you feel at home there. And the fans are just absolutely incredible. Um, through the ups and downs, they were always having our backs, always cheering us on. The best, the best example I can tell of that was during that hurricane game. Um, the, I mean, you can't even drive your car outside. I don't even know how they got to the stadium because it, it was 12 inches of rain. Like you couldn't even move your car, but these fans were all packed in the stands that they could be in. And they were jumping, screaming, soaking wet, getting blown away by the hurricane, but they didn't care. They pushed through it and we got the win that day. So it was awesome. And, and, uh, you know, you talk about it being very Latin, you know, you finally get to use, uh, your, your, your yoga. Did I say that right? Yoga. Yeah. <laughs> your yoga, your yoga hashtag. And everyone actually knows, everyone knows what it means. I mean, are, are you, are you embracing the, uh, the lifestyle of South Florida? Yeah, no, I love it. It feels, it feels like I'm, I'm at home. Um, El Paso culture was very Hispanic, so I'm used to it. I, I love the food down there. Love the people. Love that I can go dance at different places. Um, yeah, have you been to you been to Mangoes yet? Show a little. Of course, I have. I love I spent, Mangoes. I spent a few nights in Mangoes, uh, making people cry when they look at my hips, try to move. <laughs> Did you wear your cowboy boots in there or no? Uh, no, cowboy boots. I save for Texas. I don't bring them outside of Texas. But hey, I saw you wearing them in Atlanta a few times. So <laughs> uh, those aren't cowboy boots. Those are just boots. But. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, let's, let's, let's stay on you. Let's stay on you. Uh, you know, y'all had a, you know, uh, kind of an up and down year. Um, you know, there's a couple points I want to get on. You made, you made the playoffs. That's a huge thing. You, you kind of peaked at the right time. You, you have a, a goal of the week that you score. Uh, I love that. I, I thought one of the, one of the best images of y'all season, I think, is uh i'm a big aj de la garza fan and oh, yeah. you, you're running around and you jump you know y'all are both smaller guys uh you, you know, <laughs> it's like who's gonna catch who and you just you just awkwardly jump into each other and um you know you're soaking wet and it, i thought that was really cool um you know but you guys make the playoffs um i, I think you kind of get derailed and you know i made a joke about uh maybe mate uh yeah, maybe got you got the RGs uh, sharing a, one one straw, uh, but COVID hits you. And you, you know, just talk to me about how the season ended for you individually, and then uh, for the team in, in general. Yeah, so it was it was a rough it was a rough year for everybody. I mean, all over the league to to have that huge COVID break, to do the Orlando thing, to not know how we're gonna finish the season, to everything that went on this year was rough. Um, but and we felt that as being an expansion team, it was, it was hard to, to build some chemistry, to build some, some momentum um, during all those things. But we figured it out about midway through the season, started playing better, started getting some wins, some ties. And then towards the end, we started playing a lot better. And we really had confidence going into the playoffs after that last game. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, that, that last game, um, when I got to score my first goal, that was, that was amazing. That feeling was amazing. And me and AJ both haven't played that much this year. Um, it was, it was a rough year for both of us. We both knew how each other was feeling. And right when I scored, I saw his face screaming and we both just tried to, I think we tried to tackle each other. Actually. <laughs> I don't think that was a hug. That was trying to tackle each other. 
and we're both small, both about the same weight. So we just kind of just boom, just like that. It was, it was funny, but that was a blast. And then going into that last game, the playoff game, we didn't get to train really for two weeks prior to that game. We just did like the individual thing that, that we were required to do. So it was, it was really tough going in and we we're missing, I think it was like seven players. So we weren't really set up for success going into that game. Um, but we were happy to make the playoffs our first year. Yep. It was a fun year. We got to play with some huge name guys, which was fun. Um, so yeah, overall it was a, it was a good year. Yeah. And, and you talk about um, two things there hitting your stride in, in the middle of the year. That's, you know, you had, you acquired a, a couple of players that I thought were pretty key um, LGP and, and Matuti. And, uh, and then you've got the, the big name guy you just referred to a little bit and, and yeah. uh, Gonzalo Iguain. Uh you played with Joseph and Miguel and, and Atlanta um, who were big stars in MLS uh, then you get an international icon, a big star in the world game. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, how how he's different than anyone you've ever played with. Yeah. Um, to go back to the beginning, we got LGP, which really helped a lot in our back line. Um, he's, he's been successful in this league. You know him. Uh, he's just a great guy to have on your team. And then Matuidi comes in, and Matuidi just really filled a – uh, a hole that we had to connect through the midfield and he brought that veteran presence that leadership that confidence and he he was he was a huge huge point in our team that turned us around and then when Gonzalo came um he just brings a different different class like it's just you can just see in training every day like it's he's 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 something special and it, it's obviously that's you can see it of what he's done with his career. Um, but yeah, he, he, he really brought that, that different level and, uh, and going forward, I think he's going to do some big things in this league. Yeah. I, I think if uh, we can keep his emotion under control, I, I, it's always, uh, you saw it was locked on a little bit and, you know, a lot of guys that come over their expectations, one from the ownership group is, is big. And, and then two, the expectations of them of themselves, yeah. um, and keeping that under control is, is hard. I, I wouldn't know. I've never been a world-class star uh, with those expectations. So yeah. uh, I don't know who I am to judge that, but I think if you can keep him, uh, keep him mellow headed. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's big things to come for, for your team there. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about positive people. Um, I think you're one of the more positive guys that I've played with, you know, you bring a good energy. Uh, we both like to make fun of Harrison Heath and just rile him up. Um, but talk to me a little bit about your attitude and, and maybe how your, your, your faith plays a little role in that. Yeah. Well, you just hit it on the head at the end The faith. My faith is who I am, why I am who I am and what I want to do with my life. Um, I've been blessed to play this game. So I play every day for him and because of him, um, but yeah, I, I start my day with that and it fills me up with joy and happiness. And I go into the locker room every day trying to have fun, trying to have a good time, make fun of some people, um, get made fun of too. Yep, yep. Um, yep. <laughs> Two-way street. More, more of the getting made fun of than the making. <laughs> Basically, I'm, I'm on the defensive at all points. So I got to be ready to, to fire back, you know. Yep, yep. Um, 
but yeah, no, I just, I just love soccer. I'm just addicted to soccer. So I, I love it. And times can be good. Times can be bad. But like I said, I get to kick the ball around and I'm, I'm going to be grateful every day that I get to play soccer. So. And then uh, for those that don't know you, you, uh, your, your tattoo guy, uh, you got a big, big cross on your arm. Is that right? Is, yeah. Get... I don't know if you can see it, but that's there you one. go. And yeah. what, 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 uh, what's next? I know there's a lot of uh, big tattoo fans out there and, and uh, you post some of these things on your, uh, your Instagram page. Um, what, what do you got in the works? Are you, are you taking a break for now? Um, I've taken a little break already. So I think, um, I think the break is done. I think I'm ready. No, um, no, no girls names, right? Not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. But on my left arm is my uh, Christian arm, I guess you could say my religious arm. And then my right arm is family, friends, and memories. So, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I got some space back here. So I think this is the next spot on the back of the forearm. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, um, you know, we, we, we kind of hinted at, uh, you know, you liking the dance earlier. I know I've seen you on some, some, uh, podcast dancing. We're not doing any of that stuff today, <laughs> but, uh, I always like to try to let people know, especially a younger guy that's got many years ahead. Um, you know, some of the other things you're into, you fancy yourself quite the cook or have you been cooking a lot in this pandemic or are you, you know, obviously it's hard to go out and eat. Yeah. I'm, I'm always a chef. I'm a, I'm a master chef. That's probably my best talent that I have. As yeah. A- I would say, I would say your best talent is not being short on confidence. Um, <laughs> but what's your, what's your go-to dish, man? What, I mean, if you, if you got a romantic meal coming, I mean, what do you, what do you put pulling out of the, uh, the old bag? So, uh, I would say for my girlfriend right now, she, she loves my enchiladas that I make. And that one is, that one's pretty special. I bring back the El Paso culture right there. So my enchiladas are, are pretty good. My barbecue is pretty good. My ribs, my steak, my uh, chicken on the grill. Um, I got, I got some, I got some stuff in my bag, but I'm going to, the, the winner is definitely the enchiladas. I mean, are we going to see a, a cooking with Mikey Ambrose uh, show at some point or are you not ready for that yet? Uh, I'm ready. I, I could be, could be coming soon. All right. Well, I like to bring that up because uh, I love to cook and I, I do think you uh, probably have some skills. I've seen some of your stuff. The only the only critique I have is that in all the photos or videos you would send of, of you cooking, you always had a glass of milk at the romantic dinner. And I feel like that no dinner can be romantic with a glass of milk. Have you are you still doing that or is that is that out of the window now? I will do that for the rest of my life. Always. <laughs> my favorite drink in the world is milk. I don't care what any haters have to say about it. I grew up on it. It's a family thing. I had to have milk with my dinner every night. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, well, trying to, well, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to, to join in, but she no, hates No, that's me. your thing, man. <laughs> do, give her a glass of wine. You do the milk. It, it'll, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I've kind of hinted at, uh, at social media a little bit. Tell everyone where if they want to follow you and, uh, and, and see some of the, your dancing, some of your tattoos, some of your uh, – some of your photos, uh, where, where can they find you at? Yeah. So Instagram, Mikey Ambrose five, Twitter, Mikey Ambrose three, whatever y'all like to mess with the most. You, you want to confuse them with the numbers, huh? You couldn't just, couldn't just leave it at one or the other. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why that, I don't even remember why picking those numbers, but <laughs> it is what it is. And I honestly don't know how to change it now. So it's just staying there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
Uh, I don't think I mentioned, uh, you know, when I was talking about AJ De La Garza, that's a former Maryland guy as well. Y'all weren't there together, but um, uh, another guy that you went to Maryland with has got some, uh, some stuff going on off the field that that's uh, worth bringing some attention to. Tell us a little bit about uh, what Zach Steffen's doing and how you're involved. Yeah. So um, Zach Steffen and his good buddy, my good friend, Alex Cornally started a, a foundation called voice now, uh, which is an awesome foundation that helps um, lower income African-American kids growing up in the, the kind of rougher neighborhoods of, of these big cities. And voice now is, is a way that athletes can come together and have a voice together to help spread the word about these kids that, that really need help and a way for us to raise money to support them. Um, right now we're, we're trying to support them financially, but we're going to get to the point where we can basically be like a big brother to them and, and show up for these kids, um, get to know them, see what they're going through, see if we can help them be role models for them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically the gist of it. Um, and it's going well. So, so, uh, hopefully we, we keep uh, growing. Awesome. Well, uh, I know you were big into the charity stuff. I know we did some stuff with children's cancer and the hospitals in Atlanta. Good to see that you're, uh, you're still doing that. Uh, really just want to say thanks for those, uh, for those that are hearing Mikey for the first time. Uh, obviously you've seen him play. He's, he's one of the up and coming, uh, you know, left backs in the league scoring bangers, uh, you know, and, and, and I wish, uh, you know, hopefully this, this pandemic is, uh, you know, getting the vaccines come out and, um, you know, but I, I love your optimism. I'm, I'm really grateful for you to uh, come on the podcast today and let fans kind of see a side of you. Maybe they didn't get to see and, um, you know, just thank you for, uh, thank you for being a guest. Of course, man. And thank you, Bobby. It's always good chatting with you. Uh, we have, we have a lot of good memories together and so it's good, good talking and, uh, I hope everything's going well over there for you. And yeah, well, and well, I want some free tickets when I come down. Cause I will, I always go down to Miami to visit the, uh, for the alumni weekend in my college. So I'll, uh, I'll pop over and I know Francisco Tobar probably won't leave me tickets or he'll make me pay for them. So I got to get you to leave them for me. So I, I don't, I don't get that player discount anymore. There we go. I got you, bro. I got you. I'll have two tickets waiting for you. You and the All right. Well, Mike. there you go, folks. Mikey Ambrose. We want to thank you for coming on. He's a MLS cup champion. U.S. Open Cup champion, and uh, he's, he's your uh, one of your starting left backs for uh, Enter Miami and, and looking for big things next season. So uh, thank you again, Mikey, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Play By Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at MLSplayers.org.